Welcome to the latest episode of To Boldly Pod, the unscripted podcast about anything and everything. So here we are. What am I going to talk about this time? Well, this past week brought the culmination to the 2023 NFL football season with the plane of the annual Super Bowl. Now, if you're not a sports fan, don't shut it off because that's technically not what I'm going to talk about on this episode, but we're going to start with it because it's sort of what brought this topic to my foresight. Now, for those of you that are into sports, you know the Kansas City Chiefs won their second Super Bowl in a row by defeating the San Francisco 49ers. And it's their third Super Bowl in, what, four years or something like that? And even if you're not into sports, you were probably drawn into this Super Bowl by the aura that is Taylor Swift dating Kansas City Chief player Travis Kelsey and how that's become a media Superstorm, if you will. But that too is not what I'm going to talk about. However, keep in mind Taylor Swift for a future episode because I'm working on an episode with the help of a lot of you about songs that are about famous people. And even though we don't necessarily know that Taylor Swift has any songs written about famous people. I'm sure at some point when her and Travis Kelsey split or get married, then divorced or something, something, she'll write a song about them and it'll fit into that podcast. Not quite ready to do that one yet, but it's going to be a fun little episode regardless. Anyways, the reason I bring the whole Taylor Swift and the Super Bowl thing up is there, there seems to be this growing idea of late. Maybe it has something to, to do with the the influencer era that we're in with TikTok and Reels and all of that stuff and short video segments with, with Instagram and, and all of that. And maybe that is what's becoming of the world, but it seems to be people out there trying to prove that much like professional wrestling, which is preconceived and predetermined, they're trying to say that the NFL is also, quote, rigged and predetermined. So as most of you probably know, in this era of TikTok, where you you live life by 60-second videos, you have to to jam in a lot of your quote-unquote proof into each and every video that you publish. And I, like a lot of you out there, get caught up in the the rabbit hole of TikTok and Reels and just sit there and mindlessly watch videos. And, and what might be different for for me as opposed to some of you that watch them, you, you watch them for entertainment value I too watch them to be entertained I suppose or to kill time 
but they also fire off these synapses in my brain about ideas to come on here and podcast about. And before we get to the whole everything is rigged and faked and we live in a matrix kind of world that I'm going to talk about and circle back around to the Super Bowl portion of this conversation. Let me just say, no, Kyle, I did not get this episode from something you said. However, you did mention something the other day that did fire a neuron in my head for a future episode, so keep that in mind, buddy. Now, back to everything is preconceived and predetermined and fake and made up, and we live in a matrix as far to start off with the Super Bowl. So many of these videos were on TikTok, and I'm not going to keep saying on TikTok in real, so you all know what I'm talking about. But all these videos that I watch have people showing all of this stuff, and it started off with with a lot of the crossover Swifty thing, comparing the numerical numbers of Super Bowl 58 with 13 and and Taylor Swift, and it was predetermined that because it added 5 and 8 from 58 adds up to 13, and that's Taylor Swift's favorite number, that meant the Kansas City Chiefs were going to win. Well, it just so happened they did win, but that doesn't prove that everything was predetermined. All that necessarily proves is if you add 5 and 8, you get 13, which apparently is Taylor Swift's favorite number. But the whole Super Bowl conspiracy and being predetermined doesn't revolve around Taylor Swift. There is also the people that are putting 60-second videos of certain plays out there that show, you know, instances where the Kansas City Chiefs were holding the Niners and they didn't get called. So, of course, the NFL called down and say we have to have Kansas City win this game. So don't call that holding penalty. And then there's people that go on and make these videos about how they have isolated in the broadcast of the game certain times where it showed that it was first down when it should be second down because the player only gained eight yards and not ten and they gave him a first down because it's Kansas City. And it should be second down and two, but instead they gave him first down and blah, 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 blah. But what they don't tell you is they started their video that they played for you before they changed the graphic from first down and 10 to second down and two. And they just sort of edited that portion out trying to get you to, to come in and watch because they're trying to get all these likes and views because they are trying to build themselves a little influencer empire. So let's go back a little bit to the whole, all the non-holding calls. If anybody is, and I'm not calling myself an uber expert on football at all, I'm not as any more of an expert than probably most of you out there that are big-time football fans, you know that penalties can be called, specifically holding penalties can be called just about on each and every 
play that happens within each and every football game in creation. So, strike one for that idea of the NFL being predetermined and fake. As far as the first down when it should have been second and two, I already covered that in that portion so we don't need to go backwards. As far as the Taylor Swift thing goes, yeah, no, sorry. That just happens to be somebody that's one of the most famous people on the planet dating one of the players in the game. Of course, they're going to give it a lot of screen time and talk about it a lot. So that has nothing to do with nothing. So that wasn't a reason for the outcome of the Super Bowl. Matter of fact, before we even knew it was going to be Kansas City and San Francisco in the Super Bowl, there were all these videos going around saying how the NFL's predetermined you could tell by the colors of the Super Bowl logo they were using. So they were almost, well, I shouldn't say almost. They were going on their videos and promoting, for lack of a better phrase, that they knew who was going to be in the Super Bowl because of the colors of the Super Bowl logo. And they were convinced that it was going to be the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers because the colors in the logo were purple, black, red, and gold. Well, you almost got it right. It was San Francisco, but it was uh, Kansas City Chiefs kind of put a ruin on your conspiracy there, didn't they? But you just keep going on making your videos. It's almost baseball season. Or maybe you can start it with basketball now or, or even hockey if you want. It's an Olympic summer, so you can do that too. You can talk about the conspiracy within the Olympics or just do whatever it is that you're going to do on your videos now. I do not think, and nor does most of everybody else, as a matter of fact, a whole bunch of... People that bet on the Super Bowl and Las Vegas and all the the sports books, for that matter, don't think it was predetermined because Kansas City was the underdog and they won the game. So you know what that means? The sports bets, sports books and Las Vegas lost a ton of money on this Super Bowl. People don't like to bet the favorites, so they always bet on the underdogs or the team that's getting points. And a lot of people took the points in Kansas City, including me. I'm not a huge better, so my $5 doesn't really count. But I would say if it was predetermined and rigged, then yeah, I don't think Las Vegas would be out all that money if it was a predetermined outcome. It's almost like the people that that, that play the, the we are, we're living in the Matrix videos that, that show little glitches that, that, that prove that we don't live in a real world. We, we're living in a Matrix and everything's not real. And it's either A, a convenient glitch in the software of the video camera or the recording device or 
it's some very crafty editing done by the person making the video. And this has been going on more than the last couple of years because back when I did my old conspiracy podcast, my partner showed me all these videos of what proved we live in the Matrix. One of them specifically was the Pope coming out and sort of looking like he was walking through a a mirror or something like that. And I remember specifically telling him back then when he showed it to me, it's like, you know, people are so good and have so much access to all this video editing software nowadays that you can, nowadays, what am I? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, hey, get off my lawn, you damn kids. Now in my day, we didn't. But seriously, people have access to all this great video editing software at home where they can make all these very believable looking videos and stuff like that. And that that that's kind of the point. You don't know what's real and what's not real unless you really have the resources to send it to somebody that can get within the digital footprint or fingerprint of the actual video that you're watching to find out whether there's been any sort of tampering to it or creation to it, then you really don't know what's real and what isn't real. And I kind of talked about this a while ago with UFO videos, modern day UFO videos with the advent of all the software and everything. It makes it so easy to create a fake video that you can put online for people to see and, and and they would believe that it's an actual UFO that you are watching when in fact it's probably not because and that that's the problem at least within the UFO field is you got people that put these obvious fakes out there and pass them off is real and, and people want to believe stuff so they see it and they don't kind of do their due diligence and, and check to see or check the story or check whether anyone else saw this UFO or anything and they just immediately believe it. Ergo, it becomes real when all along it was just some guy sitting in front of his computer making a video trying to get some views and some clicks and some likes for notoriety, for being a, you know, influencer, for lack of a better term, or trying to get their their name out there to Hollywood to become the next great filmmaker or something along those lines. It wasn't real, and you don't really know unless the person comes out and says they made it up or somebody that has some technical expertise can dissect the video and find out whether it was created or not. And that's kind of the problem with a lot of the things in the world. And that's why people see these matrix videos and believe that we don't live in a real world. You can pinch your arm. That's going to be all the proof you need. It's sort of like the flat earth society 
people out there, and you can believe what you want to believe. I have no issue with that. We kind of covered that last week on last week's topic, that I believe what I believe, you believe what you believe, that's perfectly fine. But there are some empirical facts. And again, we talked about this last week. And some things are just, there's too much proof out there to refute something as fact, quite like the earth is round and not flat. And so, yeah. And here's the problem with that whole thing. There's this little thing called line of sight. We have all these satellites in space. Or if even if you go up in an airplane or in a hang glider, for that matter. Now, you know what? Scratch that whole thing. I'm going to use my bit of expertise. We're going to use radio as the example of the curvature of the earth. Now, you listen to terrestrial radio. I'm not talking about satellite radio because that just destroys your whole point. But we'll get back to that in a second. Terrestrial radio, you know things get broadcast from a location to a tower and then the tower transmits it out to where you pick it up on your radio. Now, we're going to put away the idea of FM radio for now. That's frequent frequency modulation. And why we throw that away is because what FM does is it shoots the beam from the tower down. So it kind of goes towards the ground. So it can only, that's why you only get FM for a certain distance and it starts to fade out. Whereas AM or amplitude modulation, it gets broadcast directly out on a straight line. And that's why you pick up a lot of AM stations a lot farther away from the location than you do FM stations. But here's the thing. Even AM stations, you will eventually fall out of their listening radius. And why is that? Because the curvature of the Earth. At some point, you get so far away from the broadcasting tower that you're actually ever minutely so much driving down or up, if you will, depending on what direction you're driving, away from the arc of the broadcast. And I'm probably not making any sense to some people with this, but if you shoot a straight line out from a tower, it's going to go into infinity in that direction. It's never going to alter. So, theoretically, if the Earth is flat, if you could drive from that tower to the end of the Earth, you should be able to pick up that radio broadcast all the way. But since the Earth is a ball and it's curved, the farther you get away from it means that you can no longer hear that program because... You're driving with the curvature of the earth and the radio broadcast is still being 
transmitted in that straight line. So in my expertise, quote unquote, that there destroys the whole Earth is flat idea. Now let's go to the satellites and let's go back to the getting on a hang glider or in an airplane or something. If you're up above the surface of the Earth more than, say, 100 feet, you're going to notice that the Earth or the horizon dissipates. But not only that, you're going to notice that it kind of dissipates, not in a straight line. It just doesn't disappear. It kind of arcs downward from where you're viewing it. Why does it do that? It's not an optical illusion. It's because it's the curvature of the Earth. Hence the phrase line of sight. That's why they put all these satellites up in the sky to talk to one another because we can't use cell service or internet service for that matter without shooting the energy through the air because like the AM, the amplitude modulation AM radio, it would just go in a straight line out into infinity. It wouldn't get to your destination because the earth is not flat. Example, say here I am in Michigan. I want to talk to somebody in Japan, totally on the opposite side of the world. I can do that, whether it's here on the internet or on a telephone. There isn't a telephone line that goes all the way from me to Japan. That'd be an awful lot of wire. But an ingenious thing started to happen back in the 1960s, 70s, 80s, and even up until today as they started putting satellites in the air to converse with other areas of the globe. Maybe you're old enough to remember the the classic when they had all the, the newsreels, they would say via satellite. What that meant was one person was in one place and another person was in another place. Example, I'm here in Michigan, the person was in Japan, and we're talking, we're shooting our conversation straight up in the air to the satellite, and the satellite is intercepting it and shooting it back down to the person in Japan, and then they reply to me, it shoots up to the satellite, and shoots back down to me here in Japan. Why is that? Because I just told you about amplitude modulation, AM radio. Anything we say shoots out in a straight line. So it would not reach Japan because it goes in a straight line. Japan is not in a straight line from me here in Michigan. Why? Because we live on a big giant ball. And I think that the, the best explanation, actually, I like my explanation, but it probably might have got a little confusing <laughs> and I'm not a professional scientist. So, but the best explanation I have heard is when a scientist or an astronomer will tell you the easiest way to learn that the earth is not flat is when we have 
solar or lunar eclipses. And that is when the Earth passes between the, the sun and the moon, we get the eclipses. And we all know that the moon lights up in the sky at night because of the sun. Well, most of us believe that anyways. Most, the moon does not have its own light source, so it, it, it lights up in our night sky because it is reflecting light from the sun. Now, when go back to the eclipses. We know how the eclipses go when we watch them. We, we see it, whether it's like a, a crescent or a half or even a full eclipse where it becomes dark. And the reason it does that is because the earth is passing in between the sun and the moon, causing it to stop lighting up. If the earth was, in fact, flat... The eclipse for that would be just like a big long dash along the moonlight. And to me, that's all the proof you really need that the earth, in fact, is not flat. So to me, that's all the proof that I, in my logical mind, need to know that the earth is, in fact, round. Take aside all the film and pictures we have from the atmosphere and, matter of fact, from the moon itself of the Earth being a sphere and not, in fact, flat. But that's a story for another podcast. So in this world, there are many things that are predetermined and preconceived and created and fake and made up. But a lot of things are not. Life in and of itself. We're not living within a matrix. Great movie series. Great idea in Men in Black 2 that we're living in a locker on some alien planet. But that's just entertainment. That is the portion of things that are made up. Why do people say that everything is a cabal? I don't know. I don't have the answer to that, as maybe they're just not that happy with their own lives. Maybe they're just somebody that just likes to peek around every little rock and, and stick and try to find the hidden meaning of life. Maybe they're just the type of people that no matter what you show them, how much proof you show them, you can't sway their opinion one way or another. And that's kind of the issue that I have with a lot of people. I've talked about that a lot on this podcast about true believers and true absolute skeptics. No matter how much proof you show them one way or the other, it's not going to sway their opinion. So maybe just some people have that suspicious mindset that they don't believe anything they're taught or they're told, no matter how much empirical, going back to last week, evidence you can show them or submit to them or shove in their face, they're still 
not going to buy it or believe you or accept it. And that's kind of why I do what I do, is I like to come on here in my own little innocent and harmless way and pose questions to people. That's why I do the thing I do on social media. Twofold, I do it for to try to impart some wisdom, whether they believe it or not, is sort of irrelevant. I just think it's fun to impart some some knowledge on people. I'm not trying to sound smarter than everyone else because far be it for me to say that I am the smartest person in the world. I am nowhere even remotely close to the smartest people in the world. Matter of fact, I'm probably closer to the bottom of the smart scale than I am the top, but I like to learn. And that's the thing is when you learn, you have to be able to change your point of view. And that doesn't mean you can't stop hoping that you believe something to be true. You can keep searching, keep learning, and hopefully eventually you will prove something. That's kind of how science works is people study and study and and experiment and eventually prove whether something is or isn't. And for all the foibles that we have in this world, and we have a litany of them, this world is by far perfect. Nowhere near perfect. We have a lot of improving to do as a society. And that doesn't mean that everything is being run by three aliens in some cave in Barbados and they have their finger on the pulse of every single thing that we do. So, everything isn't fake, folks. Everything isn't predetermined. Everything isn't made up. There's this little thing called chance and free will. And chance has the the lion side of the determining factor on an outcome of any situation, whether it's a sporting event or a card game or a board game or, or anything, any sort of competition. Chance and ability is often the determination of the outcome of a sporting event. Now, to close, just think back, say, 40 years plus ago before Vince McMahon came out and admitted that professional wrestling was sports entertainment and wasn't in fact actual competition he came out and admitted that things were scripted and predetermined before that everybody predominantly believed that wrestling was real everything you saw in a wrestling match say pre-1986 was real these guys went in and and competed and beat the hell out of each other in these wrestling matches. And people believed that it was an actual event without a predetermined outcome. When in fact, professional wrestling has pretty much been predetermined at least as far back as the 1950s, if not decades before that. 
So, there's a little bit of carny in the world when it comes to things of the entertainment variety. And there's a little bit of carny within specifically the NFL when it comes to the entertainment value. But once the whistle blows and the game starts, I'm sorry, folks, but the games are not predetermined. The NBA, maybe. NFL, I don't think so. If you have any thoughts, well, I know I probably just made a bunch of basketball fans pissed at that, but that's a story for another day. If you have any thoughts, let me know on Facebook or X at Too Boldly Pod. And as usual, I don't have a closer, so I will simply close with the fix was in. <laughs>